Welcome everyone to the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Let's go! You're listening to episode 194. And today we have Jeremy Goodrich. Jeremy is the owner of Shine Insurance Agency. Okay, insurance is nerdy for sure, but he's changing the way people feel about it. He started Shine with his wife in 2013 and has grown the agency to one of the largest independent insurance agencies in southern Indiana. He's also the host of the Scratch, uh, excuse me, he's also the host of the Scratch Entrepreneur Podcast and the inventor of the New Home Buyer's Guide. Jeremy, welcome to the show, man. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So, so I toured very briefly in, uh, in, in Indiana, going from Philadelphia, which is right outside Philadelphia, which is where I live, to Kansas to drop my girlfriend off uh, because she, she moved cross country. And I had a very brief encounter, as mentioned before, with, with Indiana, and I loved my time there. I thought it was really, really interesting and a really cool city. I love urban planning, and uh-huh, I think yeah. that... I think that Indianapolis in particular is uh, is very well planned in terms of urban planning. Yeah, I mean, it's laid out awesome. I think the Midwest, one of the things that's great about uh, living here is just people are pretty nice. Yeah. You know, there's this like kindness that sits oh, there. Yeah. And I'll actually talk a lot about kindness in our conversation today as well. But um, I think there's a kindness here. And then, you know, you have little pockets like the town I live in, Bloomington, which is a college town sort of thriving ecosystem of energy and arts and humanities and and all those other kinds of things and so yeah i think there's not a ton of towns in the midwest that i would love to live in bloomington's definitely one of them though and i think the midwest has some of the nicest folks you know around the united states as far as i know but i don't know a ton right (laughs) and i think something even going a step further is not only do they have incredibly nice people but they also have incredibly amazing food so my first question before we get into business is, um, excuse me, imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where are you going to eat and what are you going to order to make your day complete? Okay, so I got to start the food conversation with I am the least foodie human being that, that exists. When I grew up, my mom made me grilled cheese sandwiches with, with Velveeta cheese in the middle and that was like the most deluxe, deluxe it got in our world. We used to eat like we had liverwurst, which was like I don't even know what liverwurst is exactly, but they were like these tubes of stuff in our fridge and we would just like eat it out. It was really gross. And so my, my wife and I laugh a lot about the fact that I will eat absolutely anything and be perfectly happy with it. So <laughs> having said that, there's an absolutely wonderful restaurant <laughs> in, in Bloomington called the Uptown Cafe. And I had the owner on our podcast recently, and he really described this restaurant as his sort of painting, a work he'd worked on for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And it's finally come to fruition. It feels like a finished painting to him. And it's taken 30 years to get there. And you walk in, it's sort of like a Louisiana-style restaurant. It has also kind of an urban feel to it. They have gumbo and jambalaya. Um, some Louisiana hot pepper chicken is one of their, the dishes in there. But the whole space is just beautiful, and it creates this sense. I, I don't know. I, I love going there. I think lots of people in Bloomington love that space. And 
when I eat there, I tend to get the Louisiana hot pepper chicken. Um, it is one of my favorite dishes. So if it's my birthday, we tend to go to Uptown and go into that space. And I just love how Michael Cassidy, the owner, uh, described it as sort of his finished painting. He now goes and sits at the bar at two o'clock in the afternoon and his friends come in and uh, they just chat and he just feels like it's this this whole thing. And, and I love that space. I love the energy around it. And even though I'll eat pretty much anything, I do like the Louisiana hot pepper chicken. There you go. And I love the I love that aspect of I think we could take a lot, uh, learn a lot from that brief quote you have there about the painting. Um, very so true. We are all creating our own painting, so to speak, and some are much, are much more refined, finished than others. Um, yeah. But knowing that it's a process, so that's really cool. Um, you have an amazing story, uh, especially when it comes to your education background uh, and how you translate that to to your business. But before we get into that aspect, I'd like to hear about a blindness that you've once had. So tell me about a time that you felt lost or blind in business and business and how did you overcome those obstacles? You know, I, I, I feel like I feel that every day. I don't know if that's a fair, <laughs> a fair answer, but, you know, sometimes I'll wake up and as I'm walking through the process of being an entrepreneur and a business owner, um, I, I'll be like, man, maybe I just don't have this right. Maybe I just don't get this at all. Maybe um, all the pieces of the puzzle that I think I have. And by the afternoon, maybe I realize I do have. Sometimes in the morning, I just think, man, I don't have it. So I feel like there's I don't have some big moment of darkness since we've started this business, uh, since I switched from being a teacher and started Shine it's, it's been an amazing experience. You know, it's been a slow growth business. We haven't 10 X anything over the course of a month or anything like that, but, um, it's been a real positive experience. We've built a great community. Um, so as far as dark days as an entrepreneur, I'm just not sure that there are specific, uh, heavy downs. I think it's more of a roller coaster of day to day. You know, when I help someone in the morning and feel like, wow, I really am helping. And this mm. is, amazing thing I'm doing and then get yelled at by somebody in the afternoon and think, Oh, how could, how could that have gone so wrong? Mm -hmm. Um, the roller coaster is real. And so I think that that's the ups and downs of everyday business ownership. Um, but there certainly hasn't been a, a, a super, super dark moment in the time that we've owned. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good. I mean, I think you darkness, um, everybody experiences their own version of that. Now, whether it's a, a severe darkness or whether it's some other form of just confusion, it's good to hear that uh, you're setting the right path for yourself and uh, for business in general. And I think something that I want to talk about specifically today is uh, the idea of obtaining your first like 100 customers. And I think it's some, something that we always talk about, but being a small business owner having a podcast and, and primarily using the locality of your efforts um, to obtain, I guess, notoriety, success, lead gen, et cetera. We'd love to hear your process behind that. Yeah, I think, you know, when it, when it came to starting Shine, which is our insurance agency, or when it came to starting Scratch Entrepreneur, which is the podcast, or you mentioned uh, the New Home Buyer's Guide, which is an online course, I think that it's all the same as starting a, a classroom year as a teacher. Hmm. And I mean that by by how you build the culture. Like it's different, obviously, in that when you when I was a teacher, I was a third and fourth grade teacher and 30 kids walked in the room and they were going to be there for the next year, whether they liked it or not. Right. 
So that's very different because as a business owner, people can come and go as they as they please. But the concept of building a community, of creating a community of um, engaged fans, a tribe of people who actually enjoy the work you do, who believe in your success and want, want to be a part of your success, and then tell everybody else about it. You know, I think that that is similar and that came a little bit from, you know, being a teacher. So when we started Shine, we wanted to build a tribe. We wanted to change the way people felt about insurance. Like insurance kind of sucks, right? And we <laughs> knew that. We got that. Um, and we were like, well, we're going to change the way people feel about it by simply like explaining it well and taking good care of them and making a tribe around it um, in the same way that for the first couple weeks or month of the school year, I'm going to keep coming back to that. I hope that's okay, the, the totally. relationship between being a teacher and, and, and business. But Please do. You, you had to build that culture with the kids before you could take them to the next levels of where you wanted them to go. Um, and so we did that with our, you know, like a lot of small business uh, entrepreneurs do. We started with our friends and family. We were out there in the world. We did great work for them. And then we grew and made that snowball, you know, just start growing. And now we're 90 percent referral based as far as shine insurance goes and uh we just really try and take good i don't know try and take good care of people and hope they tell <laughs> tell other folks you know i think that's really the bottom line it's kind of a go ahead yeah well i i think a lot of people they don't emphasize or put enough enough emphasis on the idea of community mm-hmm. i think a lot of people tend to kind of just put their message out in front of everybody and everybody's a customer, but they don't necessarily understand that not everybody is a customer. And what I love about your approach and would love to hear more if you, if you care to expand is that not only are you, um, choosing the locality, but you're also choosing the particular type of person, which is a new home buyer. So it's like a segment of a segment of a segment, I'm sure like five, 10 different segments, and you're focusing all of your energy on that particular portion. So when somebody finds out about new home buyers, you have a guide that's gonna educate them, they in turn want to buy your product. Is that kind of like the whole funnel? Yeah, yeah, totally, that's exactly the funnel. So what I did, uh, I read uh, Jay Baer, who is a, just a great marketing guy has tons of wonderful books and uh, also lives in Bloomington, Indiana, which is super cool. Hmm. Um, he, he wrote a book about 10 years ago called Utility. And the book's basic concept, one of the things I like about Jay is that all his books can be explained in like two sentences. Hmm. Um, but the book's basic concept is, look, figure out who your ideal client is and make it as specific as possible. And then do good stuff for them. It doesn't matter if it has anything to do with your, your industry, your business any of that kind of stuff, just do good stuff for them. And so we really thought, well, who are our, our ideal clients? And new home buyers were one of them. And so that's why we created the new home buyers guide. It was like, okay, well, you know, they're going through this process. Yeah, their realtor is going to take good care of them. Yeah, their mortgage lender is going to take good care of them. But they ha- sort of have, you know, stakes in the field. Like we're sort of standing on the sideline and can really explain this from a perspective that doesn't have any stakes in the game or whatever the right phrase is for that. Um, and so we created this entire guide that really walks people through it. And that was simply by saying, okay, who is our ideal client? How can we serve them? Hmm. Does that make sense? Makes complete sense. I mean, what, what would you say is, do you think the guide is the, is, is a, uh, a piece that is actually selling it or is it more so the idea like selling your service and and getting the buy-in from people or 
is it some other element that you're that you're using in order to attract the customer to potentially be a part of your service? Well, I think the guide it's funny because it's turned out that the actual clients for the guide are sort of, you know, when you put something out on YouTube, it's not your local Bloomington, Indiana folks necessarily, right? It's like everybody. Mm. So it ended up serving a whole bunch of people that are not an ideal insurance client. And that turned out to be totally okay. You know, sometimes your idea just goes out into a whole nother world. Um, but the idea was to, yeah, serve them with an actual product that then created you as kind of a thought leader, right? Like they've listened to me talk a little bit. Now they feel like we have a relationship and if they want insurance, who would they come to for that? Well, probably to us, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so that was the balance there, but it kind of took a life of it, uh, its own, like so many things do. Um, and, and that's kind of where it's at there. Would you recommend your process and how you're obtaining lead, uh, leads and new clients and things like that to other businesses that maybe might, maybe uh, strictly online? And if so, yeah. like, do you have any recommend recommendations and, and strategies on how it could work for people listening outside the insurance agent uh, industry? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's two sides. Like my brain kind of splits it down, right? One is local, which I have an answer to, but it's totally different than online. And the other is online. Let's start with online, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think that having having a product that serves folks online is great because one, it can obviously serve people all over the place. Um, two, you get feedback right away. If you're on social media or YouTube in particular, I mean, I get feedback all the time about our YouTube videos, not only in how many people listen, but also in comments and the analytics behind it. Um, but I think you have to have a funnel. You can't just throw something out there and try and sell it and hope people buy it, right? Like it doesn't really work that way. Um, I think David Seitman Garland has a great uh, thing called uh, uh, Awesome Online Courses. Um, he also has a bunch of other product products. He's a cool guy to work with. Um, so looking at on products and the entire funnel, how do you connect with people? How do you help them out? How do you do something good for them? It's probably going to be free at first. <laughs> and then how do you kind of walk them down that relationship where they become more and more a part of your community? I mean, podcasting is a great example of that, right? Like no one really pays for your podcast. Mm -hmm. This is a, a completely free product that you're providing for folks and providing great information, great assets to them as they grow as entrepreneurs. So you might be fine with that. Like I might be fine with that. Or we may want to add on to that and then all the different ways that a, a funnel can add on to that, whether that's having a, a Patreon site behind your uh, podcast or having an online product that you're selling or just having folks, you know, come to whatever your actual business is. Yeah. So, you know, I think those the funnel is is fun to think about, right? Because you just give people free, you give people something free, and then it's like, okay, well, I can't give people something free. There has to be motivation as far as how I'm going to pay the mortgage and stuff like that behind it. Totally, and and I think it goes back to the teacher aspect to your your career where the teacher and the education piece. You're teaching people, you're educating them, and they in turn are. Um, educating themselves by reading and then learning more about your product service, et cetera. Um, do you want to add on top of like the whole teacher piece, like how important the aspect of being, having that foundation of a teacher and thinking education first, how it's helping the business grow? 
I, I think the most important thing that I got out of being a teacher that's helped me as an entrepreneur is just to come at it with a servant mentality, hmm. to come at it with the mentality of like, how can I help? You know, if I'm always trying to help somebody else, if I'm always trying to, to, I don't know, do good sounds weird, but you know, just like, how can I help? Like, how can I help? I think it all figures itself out. Like maybe you're not going to, again, maybe you're not going to 10x your business yeah. or maybe you're not some slimy sales guy who makes money off of whatever, but you go home, you sleep well at night, you do the best you can. Maybe you don't have a fancy Maserati or whatever. <laughs> um, but I think if as a teacher, I always walked into the classroom and thought like, how can I help? How can I make help this kid be a better reader? How can I help this kid love to read? How can I help this kid not hate division, you know, how can mm. I teach someone about uh, Matisse and Picasso and all the different artists and why the things that they painted made sense, you know, why they tell the story of history in the same way that the, the history books do. Like, I tried to inspire passion in kids. And now I, I'm an insurance agent. Like, I'm not exactly sure how you inspire passion insurance. But I think being willing to help, you know, how can I help if that is the bottom line, of how you're going about being an entrepreneur. I think a lot of things work themselves out from there. I have a question about referrals because I think yeah. you mentioned 90%, Yeah, 90%. So yeah. before we get into that question, um, I want to shake the conversation up a little bit and I did some research ahead of time and I found some pictures of you and I found some, uh, it's all, they're all bad pictures. So don't, don't awesome. worry too much. <laughs> um, but no, they, uh, the pictures that I have are just going to be very specifically, they're going to be specifically related to you, your life, business, etc. cetera. Um, so the first, uh, so the first one is this picture in particular, this is happy fifth anniversary, right? Happy fifth anniversary. Yeah. anniversary. Shine anniversary. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Shine yeah, yeah. Yeah. Happy fifth <laughs> shine anniversary. Uh -huh. Um, 90% referrals. I mean, that's a great number. Yeah. Is, is there something that you think that most businesses are failing when it comes to obtaining referrals? It maybe it's just the simple ask. And if you think if that was the answer, right, maybe the ask, like what, how are you asking for a referral? I think that, you know, the, the most simple thing is that you do the work for the people that do show up really, really well. And that may sound simple, but it's amazing. Like I had a landscaping lawn mowing business while I was a teacher mm. and it was amazing how many people gave me work because the, the first person they called didn't call them back. Right. <laughs> like now that may not be the highest level of business, but like making sure you answer your phones and call people back. Right. Making sure when you say you're going to do something you have systems in place to do it, making sure all that follow through and all those systems. I love systems. Mm -hmm. I can talk all day about systems. Um, but making sure your systems in your business um, set expectations properly and then fulfill those expectations completely. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the number one thing. And then it is really the ask. You know, we ask our clients if they're willing to share us with another person. Um, we ask them to leave reviews on Facebook or on Google so that the community sort of builds there. Um, we ask realtors, we ask mortgage lenders, we ask financial advisors. So these are people who aren't necessarily our clients, but are, are also just finding out what, what we do and who we are, you know? Yeah. So the referrals are all about like actually doing, you know, I don't know what the stats are, but I bet it's out there. Like, 
people who actually do what they say they're going to do are probably 50% of business owners out there. Hmm. So if you start with that, just actually do what you say you're going to do, I mm -hmm. think you're going to be in really good shape. And then you have to ask for those referrals, you know? My second picture is more so about this little guy right there. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah. a, you, is that you playing the guitar? That's me playing the guitar and, and uh, my son Logan sits at the piano. Nice. So you got a little band going on. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> we sort of did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, let's talk about music. Um, I didn't know that you played uh, any type of instrument. Um, you know, what, 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 what is it about music that means so important uh, to, to you and your life and, and everything in between? Yeah. So I am uh, not a good musician, but I've played music for a long time. <laughs> I was the guy who played bass in the band because I was the worst guitar player. Not that there's <laughs> anything wrong with bass players, but sometimes that happens in bands. Um, and so I've always loved music. More so, though, I've loved audio. I mean, if I kind of panned the camera around this room, I'm like obsessed with audio and mixers and just the process of how audio works. Um, but yeah, I play guitar. I, uh, my son, who's, uh, uh now just started a uh, seventh grade has dad and piano here and there. And, uh, so I love, I love music. I love dissecting music. There's a podcast that I don't think it's out anymore. It was called sound exploder. Hmm. And, uh, they would take the tracks from a famous song and they would break it out so you could hear the separate tracks. You could hear the vocals by themselves. You could hear the guitar by itself or the bass line. And then they would interview the musician about that song and about that track. And I just loved how you got to, it, it was like an exploded song. You got to hear like all the different pieces. Mm. So I'm more a connoisseur of music than I am a creator of it. Um, Give me some bands, man. I got to hear, I got to hear some inspiration for music inspiration. Well, I, you know, like I, I love uh, Band of Horses. Uh, nice. I, get, I guess I look a little bit like their lead singer. I don't know. So you got to like that a little bit. Um, I love Radiohead. And um, well, now I'm breaking. Do you, have a favorite, do you have a favorite Radiohead album? Um, okay. Well, everybody says okay, computer. Um, but I guess that's kind of where I'm, where yeah. I'm at there. I mean, I, I'm also like a deadhead. So nice. a, you know, a lot of Grateful Dead. <laughs> Um, and I love reggae. Um, I like rap. See, I'm all over the place. There's like no, this is something about me. The more you get to know, like I love, I, I love lots of things. Like I, I'm into everything and I'm an expert at nothing, you know, and I'm kind of okay with that. I, maybe that's why I love teaching, you know, and enjoyed being a teacher because, you know, it's like you get to learn everything. And your expertise is, at, is actually not in the topic. It's in helping other people understand that. I was just going to say, I think that is the one thing that you are an expert at. And it's, it's the uh, education piece uh, and running a business because it seems like everything you're saying. And, 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 of course, you know that question, the answer to the question a lot more than I do. But it seems like you're kicking some serious butt because when I saw this, uh, is this the most recent logo? This is the current logo, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I, as anybody knows, as listening, I love good graphic design and yeah, to absolutely. me, graphic design can literally differentiate yourself between you and your competition. It's what makes you more confident. I mean, we can go list on and on and on, but I love the idea of having a nice, clean logo that's inspiring 
um, that is inviting and is just different than mm -hmm. insurance. Yeah. So what is it specifically? Of course, the education piece. Um, is there one thing that you could attribute all the success to? Um, again, outside of everything that we talked about today, but maybe something that you, you haven't thought of until now. Yeah, I, I think that, I think a big piece is building on your foundations, right? Mm -hmm. And like taking not only wins, but losses and building on them. You know, I think one of the things, and I keep coming back to the kids thing, you know, one of the things kids struggle with is losing, right? And losing well and winning well, you know, like kids and especially third and fourth graders, you win, you kind of boast sometimes and there's a lot of ego still in that. And like you have to learn to win, uh, you know, respectfully and then losing like you really are like broken and it's the worst thing in the world. And and you didn't necessarily learn anything from it. And I think for us, we're we're small incremental growth taking good care of folks and then building on our decisions. Like this podcast that I'm doing is, you know, taking a ton of time. Is it smart? I'm not sure yet, you know, but, <laughs> but it, it feels it could good. Be, yeah, it, it could be a loss. It could be a win. I don't know yet, you know, but in the end, I'm going to build on it and see how it goes, you know, and see what comes out of it. And if I'm happy doing it and it's fulfilling, it, you know, even if it doesn't make money, that's okay, you know, and so there's all those balances there. And I think, Success from comes from being authentic, being yourself, trying to explain things as clearly as possible, um, and then just making one decision at a time and building off of it. Very cool. My final question today is the blind entrepreneur is defined as a person who is temporarily lost or blind in business and cannot see the obvious. So to those individuals that are stuck, what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? Okay, well, number one, I think, is authenticity. I think that you have to come back to being you. And if that turns some people off, that's a good sign. I mean, not like turns everybody off, but, sure. you know, like if you're turning someone off, if you're, you know, if you're not something, that's a good thing. So I would say authenticity is number one. I would say that, you know, that servant mentality, like how can I help? And I don't know, maybe I'm saying things I already said, so I apologize no, if that's fine. the case. But if, you know, the question is the blind entrepreneur, right? Someone who's stuck. It's like, okay, I'm going to be me. How can I help? And then, you know, uh, I can't remember the woman, woman's name who you interviewed last week, but I thought that when she said, who, who is it? Um, um, uh, Caldwell? Yeah. So what she said was, was find people and connect with them. Yeah. And I, I did an interview with a, a artist named Jason Wilbur, who is uh, John Prine's guitar player. John Cadell, Cadell, Jeanette Cadell. Okay. Um, you know, she said, connect with people. And I really connected with, <laughs> I, I really connected with her saying that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that you have to, uh, what John, what Jason Wilbur said in, in my interview with him, he said, I've never gained anything that wasn't based a hundred percent on relationships, you know, and I think that's true. The longer I'm in business, the more I believe that, you know, the, the relationships you build, the trust you build is what you have as a business owner. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love that answer. And it's so true. I think I've said this so many times on so many different platforms, but I'll say it again because I think it's so important. And podcasting is that one thing that it doesn't matter what it is, it doesn't matter who you're talking to, you build that relationship 
And even if that person isn't going to be uh, a customer of yours, um, the fact that they know you exist is far greater. And the fact that there's a chance that when you post it online, a hundred plus more people could see it. It's a no-brainer. So uh, awesome, man. So Jeremy, thank you so much for your time. I'd like to give the next 30 seconds to you to pitch whatever it is that you have going on. How can people learn more about you? How can they find more about your, uh, be a part of your journey and potentially become a customer of yours? Absolutely. Well, I mean, thank you so much. You're, you're so right about just like podcasting is so fun. Just getting to talk with you like right now, just yeah. having this chat. Like I'm pumped. I'm ready to go out and do good stuff. Yeah. You know? And and we've built a little relationship here and a conversation with our listeners. So well, before you get into the, the pitch, I do want to yeah. tell everybody how we actually met. And that was yeah. at podcast movement. And you were, you were at the corner of a bar and you gave me a wink. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but we were at, we were at one of the events and we just started talking and I, I was drawn to your logo. I think, I think I was drawn to some of your branding. I was like, you were wearing the shirt. Weren't you wearing this, the, the, your podcast shirt? Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. The red one on, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> I was drawn to it immediately. It was like, wow, that's really cool. I love the way that that was designed. And then we started yeah. talking and then you mentioned Indiana. I mentioned Indiana and we went back and forth. And now a couple of weeks later, here we are uh, talking to each other. So you know, th- there's a true testament to building relationships. It's literally proven right here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, on the local front, sorry, I know I'm taking it on a little bit, but, you know, as I interview all these local people in on the podcast, I mean, it's just building this community of entrepreneurs in Bloomington, Indiana, that's fascinating and fun. And I'm learning from them and they're learning from me, hopefully a little bit. And it just, it really has been a a wonderful forum and a neat space. Awesome. Um, Okay. You want me to dig into the pitch here? 30 seconds. Let's do it. Okay, cool. So I've got three products, three things that we do. One is scrat, uh, uh, Shine Insurance. So if you're in Bloomington, Indiana or Indianapolis, Indiana, just right in the local area and you need insurance, obviously, we, we can pull that off for you. Um, scratch Entrepreneur is our podcast, stories of how people built healthy, profitable businesses, not a ton different than the blind entrepreneur, This, you know, what you guys are, are doing here. Um, and then our third, like I've said, is the new home buyer's guide. If you go to YouTube and just search shine insurance, there's a ton of free stuff there. Um, if you're in the process of buying a home, thinking about buying a home a year away from buying a home is actually the best time to start thinking about it. Hmm. Um, go to YouTube, check out shine insurance and, uh, there's a ton of stuff there. So that's my pitch. Everything will be linked, so you can click on right ahead, right in the show notes if you so choose. To those that are still watching and listening, thank you guys for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and head over to tbeshow.com for more interviews just like this one. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a good rest of your day.